Hello, today we are going over the doc, a doctrine of God scripture, and the key verse is 2 Timothy 3.16, which says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The author says many people, some without even knowing it, read the Bible as if it was merely a manual for living a moral life. The Bible, however, is so much more than just that. It tells us not only about who we are and what our condition is, but also about who God is and what he has done in history to redeem us. Paramount to understanding the Bible is seeing it as a story. The Bible is God telling of history that begins with creation, leads to Christ, and ends with new creation. Even though he arrives before the ending, Christ is the climax of this narrative. All of Scripture points to him, and unless we know who Christ is, we cannot understand Scripture, because he is the key to the story, the leading character. This view of Scripture helps us to not only understand the Bible, but also to understand how work plays a critical role in a great drama of redemption. Many people today read only a few small sections of the Bible at a time. While this approach can be helpful, it doesn't allow those who follow it to learn the larger narrative of the Bible. Craig Bartholomew and Michael Goheen say this common approach is a disastrous to both our faith and work lives. They believe most of us read the Bible as if it was merely a mosaic of little bits, theological bits, moral bits, historical, critical bits, sermon bits, devotional bits. By reading scripture in such a fragmented way, they say we ignore God's intention to shape our lives through the story of his redemption. Further, all human communities live out of some story that provides a context for understanding the meaning of history and gives shape and direction to their lives. If we allow the Bible to become fragmented, it is in, it is in danger of being absorbed into what of, whatever other story is shaping our culture, and it will thus cease to shape our lives as it should. Idolatry has twisted the dominant culture story of the secular Western world. If as believes we allow this story rather than the Bible to become the foundation of thoughts and actions, then our lives will manifest not the truth of Scripture, but the lies of an adulterous culture. Hence, the unity of Scripture is no minor matter. A fragmented Bible may allow actually produce theological orthodox, morally upright, and warmly pious idol worshipers. If our lives are to be shaped by the story of Scripture, we need to understand two things well. The Bible story is a compelling unity on which we may depend, and each of us has a place within the story. One reason why people have a difficult time integrating their faith with work is that they lack a comprehensive understanding of the biblical narrative. From Genesis through Revelation, God reveals the big picture of his redemptive purpose in history and in our lives. 
The story that begins in a garden waiting to be cultivated ends in a city filled with treasures brought in by nations. These beginning and end points provide the context to help us understand the significance of our work. God not only saves his people, but also the work his people were created to do. When we understand that Scripture is a narrative and that God has been at work throughout all of history to redeem the world, we don't have to be cynical about our work, particularly in times when brokenness feels so acute. Understanding the biblical narrative reassures us that insight that leads us to identify not only the broken elements, but also those things that are still good and even and process of being healed. And now we go into a section where uh, it's about someone who's written how this applies in their work. It says a senior manager at an auditing and consulting firm. I work at a firm that provides auditing and various consulting-related services. As an auditing and consulting firm, my company is trying to bring honesty, integrity, and wisdom to the marketplace. I am incredibly thankful that this mission is consistent with my Christian values. My work is also part of another narrative, the story of redemption. The Bible is mainly a book of commands and laws, but a story of good news or, sorry, the Bible isn't mainly a book of commands and laws, but a story of the good news of Jesus. It tells about creation, fall, redemption, and restoration of the world. The gospel shows me how much of my work solely exists solely because sin is in the world. The auditing profession was established as a result of greed because individuals and business entities break laws, auditing helps rebuild trust and confidence in the capital markets. We help our clients review their books, confront corporate self-deception with honesty, and plan for ways to avoid problems in the future. Our clients also seek out our counsel when they are ready to admit they need help. They want us to advise them on how to achieve their goal, to give them an independent perspective to see where they might be vulnerable to risk and to leverage their assets so that they can calculate risk. Most of my colleagues, even those without any formal understanding of original sin, are realist about our fallen nature because they see so much brokenness in this line of work. For me, the narrative of Scripture doesn't just teach me that we're broken. It also teaches me that we were made in God's image, and chosen because he sets his affection on us. God loves me simply because he loves me, not because of anything I've done. This knowledge empowers me to love my colleagues and clients, even in their fallen nature. It also gives me a dispassionate objectivity about my work. That is, I try to see through a lens that is not emotional, but is driven by pursuit of the real and true. My identity isn't wrapped up in the opinion of my colleagues, 
Rather, my identity is in Christ, who gave himself up that I might be his. Father, I thank you that you love us in so many different ways. Um, The biggest being giving us your son so that we may have life. But you also, as the author talked about, you, you gave us the Bible. You gave us this living word that encompasses Jesus and all of it. Every part of scripture points to him and points to the redemptive work you're doing in our world. And not only that you redeemed us, but he made a point to show that you redeemed our work and what we were supposed to do. You know, starting in the garden, ending with uh, a city full of treasures being brought in by the nations. Um, that's it's kind of hard to comprehend a lot of times. I, oftentimes, I would think of that being a far off, distant future that. Um, It, that doesn't seem really part of this reality. But the truth is, it is part of this reality. And you call each of us to be part of your redemptive purpose in restoring the kingdom. Just like how this auditor was there to help bring uh, trust back into the marketplace by... Um, helping people review their books and confront their corporate self-deception with honesty and plan for ways to avoid their problems in the future. You help us do that in every area of life that, that we operate in. And even though it seems like a really small task or they seem separate, they're not separate and they all connect together. I liked how the authors talked about um, the scripture of not reading it in sections, although there's nothing wrong with sometimes doing that, but they pointed out that when that's all we do, we miss the big picture of what you're doing. And I ask that you help us, Holy Spirit, to have a desire to read all of your word and its entirety to just be filled with a consuming fire of needing your word of it's, it's more important to us than oxygen itself that we, we can't do anything throughout the day without reading your word, without listening to it, without meditating on it throughout the day. And that we're in it so much that it is easy for us to go through it cover to cover in its entirety multiple times uh, throughout throughout our year, throughout our weeks and months. That we're able to see that big picture on a constant daily basis and 
see how our lives apply to that uh, big picture as well. That we're not the separate unit, but we're we're part of everything you have in the Bible. And that when we take our identity not as what the world says or our colleagues says or our spouses or friends say, but as what you say, and we're secure in that. And when we um, just live out your word, that and your word says that we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So as we're reading this word and we're meditating on it and applying it in our life, it will renew our mind. It will transform us to see that big picture the way you see it and to not see it as a book of laws that turn us into these, as the author said, pious idol worshipers. But we we come to see who who you are, Jesus. We come to see your face, Father. We become pure in heart, as it as it says in Scripture that blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We we are able to see you. We are able to hear your voice, uh, Jesus. Because your scripture says that my sheep hear my voice, we will be able to walk hand in hand with you as as you did with the Holy Spirit, as you said you only do what you see your father doing. We'll be able to do that in each area of our lives and not be focused on those as an individual piece and not see it as part of the big picture. But we'll be able to do that and see the big picture and all of it. That we'll be able to see that it's not about something that happens way in the future or, or whenever, you know, after we die and go to heaven and and you do all this stuff. But you've already done all that stuff, and you're um, you're excited to let us be part of it now here and now. And as we do each of our parts now, it builds for that future that, you know, might be far off, might be close to, who knows? Uh, only, only the Father knows. But we each have a part in bringing in the wealth of the nations to your holy city. Help it to be real to us. Help it to be a desire on our hearts. We thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for us, for showing us that perfect example of love, for being, for coming into human form, for being the word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for working in each of our lives. We are open vessels waiting for you to to come fill us and waiting for you to um, purge our inmost beings to help us become pure in heart so that we may see your face, Father, and come to know each of you more intimately 
so we can see what the Father's doing, so we can know your heart, so that we can hear your voice, Jesus, so that we can feel your presence, Holy Spirit, to be comforted by you, to follow your direction and and promptings. We ask all this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Hope you all have a wonderful week.